and welcome back to Pop Topic. We are here to discuss the latest news for the new year 2021 as we break down the second week of January. I'm your co-host, Quentin Phillipson, and with me is my co-host, Tristan Phillipson. How are you doing this week? Doing good, man. Doing good. How are you? Uh, not too bad. It's been you know, watching a bunch of movies, just relaxing. I was just about to go pick up a secondhand Criterion with someone because they were like, oh, here you go, Quentin. I know you like Criterion. I'm selling this for 10 bucks. And I was like a $10 Criterion that was on my list to buy in a year's time. Sure, I'll buy it. And I was like, okay, cool. After this podcast I'm doing right now, I'll stop by and pick up a $10 Criterion. And then they were like, wait a second, wait a second. You really seem to want this. This is now thirty dollars. I was like, "Oh, you know me so little. I am not interested anymore." Thank you. I see. I yeah. see. What a riveting story. Yeah, very. Ex- yeah, this is pretty much the life of Quentin. Me trying to get discounts off of Blu-rays. That's uh, that's a sad life. It, it very much is. Uh, well, what about your life? Anything exciting about yours? Just envying your life at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Mine's even more boring. Uh, I just watched New Mutants, um, which really proves that my life has no meaning. But uh, other than that, I'm doing good. Just a, uh, watching more more movies, working lots. Nothing new. Yeah, I've seen almost 100 movies for 2020, and uh, New Mutants, not on that list. You have not subjected yourself to the torture of New Mutants. Eh? No, I really can't stress this enough. Just, this is just a warning, Tristan, to not ever pick this movie for me to watch. I do never, I never plan to watch this movie, so let's keep it that way. You're going to be so disappointed, all right? Is this, you're missing out on a, a real classic here, a real cult classic, I think. I think people are really going to love this movie. There's a Jedi in it. I wasn't expecting a Jedi to show up, but there she was. What? Lightsaber and all. I was like, what? This is crazy. Oh the movie gosh. went off the rails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's not wild. Uh, I will give it a solid two and a half out of like seven. Um, so it wasn't the good, bad kind of movie I was hoping it would be. I was hoping it would be so bad it was good. It right. wasn't. It was just kind of bad. Well, then those are the worst. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, it was. It was. It, was, it took itself way too seriously. I think was the issue. This movie was like a half horror, like a half of a horror movie, but not scary at all, and half of like a like a coming of age movie. Um, but with characters I didn't care about. Nice. That's, that's, yeah, that's my review of New Mutants. Very nice. Yeah, I feel like I've watched better films this week. I watched a bunch of PTA movies, Paul Thomas Anderson, for the PTA ranking after we do the 2020 ranking for the podcast. Uh, I watched, I think, three of them this week. We started a fourth, but uh, we realized it's three hours long, so we're going to watch it later. <laughs> but of the three I watched, uh, two of them were fine they, they were pretty good uh but one of them was really good I, I believe i have it in my top 40 of all time right now it's and so you know that one was new mutants <laughs> yeah yeah bta directed new mutants you know it would have been better if you did yeah well yeah the film probably would have been better that's true but pt is kind of like uh tarantino where he doesn't direct that much or fincher i think i think all three directors have made nine movies no no fincher made 11 but the other two made nine so yeah i mean when you're a good director you take your time you want to make them want it before you get back there and direct another movie 
Yeah, they really do take their time. I don't know about Tarantino, but from what I've understood of PTA, it's three years between each movie. I mean, I think Tarantino's been directing since, what, the 80s and still only has, like, nine movies? It clearly takes a good while between. Yeah, it probably takes him longer, yeah. So PTA's not as good, I guess, by length of time. But PTA has a new movie coming out this year because it's been three years since he made one. So people are excited for that. Which one this year? Uh, well, I said people. I didn't say myself. I'm not that excited, so I don't actually know the name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, other people. Oh. Yeah, other people are hyped, you know. Uh, it's yeah. not in my top five anticipated films of 2021, I'll tell you that. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. You, you don't follow films too much, but do you have, like, a top five films this year that you're excited for, or not really? There are, like, three movies that I'm very excited for, probably. Okay. Uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong. Um, is super hype. Um, Encanto, the new Disney movie, um, I think it's coming out like the fall. That one sounds pretty exciting. And Spider Man Three, I think, is is shaping up to to be a real real knockout. Okay, well, we have two of the same. Yeah, I have my fifth most excited is Kong vs Godzilla. I'm just that's only fifth. Top five, baby. And I say top five, and I just mean these are really the only five I'm hyped for. Like, other ones I'm excited to check out, but these are the yeah, five. I'm excited for one more movie than just the three, but like, yeah. I feel that I'm hyped for. Yeah, like, these are the five that, unless I hear they're horrible, I will watch them in the theater, and I will be excited to watch them. Except for Godzilla vs. King Kong. Even if I hear it's horrible, I'm still seeing Yeah, I'm still watching that in the theater. I, honestly, yeah, maybe that's a bit higher than five, because I will watch that no matter what. I, you know, I don't think it's going to be, like, anything groundbreaking. It's just going to be a fun time. I'm excited. It's going to be fantastic. I'm yeah. super excited. I'm excited. Uh, number four I have is The Unbearable Weight of Extreme Talent or something like that. I don't necessarily remember the title, but it's the Nick Cage versus Nick Cage movie. Oh. I, I that Okay, that's pretty exciting. I did not yeah. know this was... This is a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We discussed this on the podcast. It was announced two years ago, right near the birth of this podcast. Me and Alex discussed this movie into great depths. And I'm excited because it is Nick Cage playing an unsuccessful Nick Cage. And then he comes across a Nick Cage from the alternate dimension who is a successful Nick Cage. And the two Nick Cages are fighting. This sounds amazing. Yeah, it's, it's insane. And to be fair, this film is literally based off Nick Cage's life. Like the character is has the same filmography that Nick Cage does. The unsuccessful Nick Cage has made Ghost Rider and National Treasure, and the successful Nick Cage from the alternate dimension is like an all-time Hollywood star, so it sounds hilarious. But the best thing is that they purposely made this after Nick Cage, but they still made Nick Cage audition for his role. This movie this movie sounds fantastic. Yeah, it, it's going to be hilarious. Uh that's why it's number four. I'm very excited. And then number yeah. three, uh, Spider-Man 3. I'm, once again, just... I'm excited to see Tobey Maguire back, pretty much. Yeah, then, I'm just excited about that movie in general. Yeah, I mean, then, I, I think Tom is my favorite of the Spider-Mans. Um, I think he has the best movies, but I do like Tobey Maguire. I, 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 you're right. I probably prefer Tom Holland overall as a Spider-Man, but... Yeah, Tobey Maguire's course is still legendary. Um, but we already talked about it. Just think, I'm just thinking how great it would be if Peter Parker, Tobey Maguire is there and he just gives holland this advice right at the end like i just think it could, they could work this so well i think this movie is gonna be i i think this movie has potential to be really 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 good because holland lost his mentor iron man is dead spoiler 
So he well, doesn't have this mentor anymore. And I think McGuire could be that mentor for this film. It could be a great moment. It could do a callback from his t- experience. Uh, I think it's perfect. Yeah, I think this is pretty exciting. Yeah, so I'm excited for that one. And then two and th- two and one for me is more personal. Uh, the Macbeth movie that the Coens are directing and French Dispatch. Uh, those two, I could Boring. see. <laughs> I could see those two being in my top twenty of all time. I really think these two could be insane, brilliant. Yeah, they're films. pretty exciting. The the Macbeth one in particular, I think, sounds pretty pretty solid. Yeah, uh, I don't know I if was... I've ever watched a film adaptation of Macbeth. Like I know there's been ones before, but I don't think I've ever watched one. Yeah, I haven't seen one in a while. And I love the story, and I haven't seen that story in a while. And what really gets to me is Frances McDormand as Lady Macbeth. That's that's pretty crazy. Like, that would be great. Yeah, the Coens know how to direct Frances, and I think her playing one of the main roles, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, that's pretty hype. Yeah, and I'm pretty sold on that. And French Dispatch, it's just... I think Wes Anderson has hit his stride here with his live-action films so i know i'm excited for that one but we can move on to the first story here tristan another live action movie that has really hit the hearts of many the wonder woman 84 movie we discussed this a week or two ago in regards to its release but gal gadot has come out in an interview and she informed and she told us that she watched wonder woman 1984 for the first time and she cried during it she said that she had an outer body experience. She turned into a child again, watching this woman on screen be such a badass, and it has inspired her and made her cry in the middle of the theater. So Gal Gadot mm. is so good at acting, she can move herself into tears. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, um, I, I do think that's great. I just love, like, obviously a very powerful story, and it's good to, you know, have a story about young girls being inspired from superhero movies but at the end of the day it just cracks me up that gal gadot according to her is just such a great actress that she can even move herself like i just think that's so funny like do you think brad pitt ever cries when he watches himself on screen every time i, I think Brad Pitt yeah. cries himself every every time he watches himself um i know i would if i was an actor which part of the movie do you think she cried at? Like, which 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 scene in particular? That's a good that's a good call. Yeah, let's see if we can figure this out. What scene do we think really moved her? Um, I think maybe when she was like a uh, in the mall when she was in like the nineteen eighty style beating up all the bad guys in the mall with the over exaggerated pow boom kind of punches being thrown. You know, I think that might have been it. When it looked like she was floating on air when she was running. Yeah, that could be it. And uh, since it says floating on air, that was the second one I was thinking of where she was in the sky with her whip flying in the air. She was probably just like, man, that's some good CGI. Yeah, that green screen looks great. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, you know, very moving stuff. Uh, I didn't cry during it, but I'm also heartless, so that makes sense. Yeah, I'm also not a young woman, so, you know, like, I can't really relate to it, but... um. I respect it, I guess. It is weird crying at yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah, that, that's the only thing that's weird. There's nothing weird about being moved by a strong female superhero. Like, you know, that, yeah, that's no. that's fine. If, if you're a woman and you watch that, that's more powerful than it would be for other people. So I yeah, get that. Yeah, if you're going yeah. and watch it, and you, I don't know, you cried anyways. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, the only weird part is that she's just crying watching herself. But yeah, that, that's the only part that's just 
wild. Yeah. That's a little that's a little out there. Yeah. Maybe she just cries really easy. Maybe she's just super easy to make cry. That's true. This could be like her family could just be like, this is a low bar to cross. Yeah. Like maybe she just cries all the time. Yeah. Uh, have you cried at any 2020 movies, Tristan? You haven't cried in Wonder Woman 84, but was there any movies this year that touched your heart? Was it New Mutants? No, but I think I, I was getting pretty close. I, I didn't actually, but I was getting pretty close to crying at the end of a uh, Troop Zero. I, th- I thought that one was real touching. Are you being dramatic or were you actually touched by that? No, I'll be real with that one. Okay, yeah, like, yeah. Because yeah, I, yeah, I know Andrew was touched by that one, so... Yeah, I found the, I found the end of that one quite touching. Yeah, I never even heard of that movie before. I watched it a couple weeks ago or last week. It was it was pretty great. It was pretty great. Real touching at the end. A real great, real great family movie. You don't get those great family movies very often. Yeah, and it's was- a Amazon Prime exclusive. I feel like Amazon Prime doesn't make that many exclusives, but when they do, I think they're pretty good. Yeah, this one was a, this one was a solid solid family movie for anyone wanting to watch something with the kids. Yeah, I thought it was great. I think the only movie I cried to this year was Onward. Oh yeah, I honor for sure cried. I don't think I didn't really cry at, at Troop Zero. I got close, but I didn't actually cry. Yeah. But I onward, onward most definitely made me cry. I think that's the only one this year. Yeah, and, and I even rewatched Onward, and I even cried on the rewatch. Yeah, I watched it the second time. I cried the second time I watched it. Yeah, that one was, yeah, that so, movie hit hard. Which is funny because I feel like that film. You know, uh, we're we're commenting on Wonder Woman 84 and how that's not a very sad movie. Well, there's about like a million people that looked at Onward and goes, that's not a sad movie. That's some dumb Pixar movie. So yeah, everyone connects to movies in a different way. Uh, I'm glad that, you know, she, she, she can move herself. That that's awesome. Yeah. She's that, she is a great actress and she kills the role of Wonder Woman. No, no, no. Uh, Yeah. I will say my favorite part of Wonder Woman 84 is Gal Gadot. She is really good at being Wonder Woman, a perfect casting choice. Yeah, she's a great cast of Trice Wonder Woman. Yeah, no, I really liked her. Uh, even even though I didn't think the second one was as good as the first one, I watched them back-to-back the same day, actually. I watched one in the morning and one in the night, so a very long day because they're both two it's and like a half five hours, hours long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a commitment, but I watched them both one day. And yeah, I do much prefer the first one, but I love Gal Gadot in both. I think she's great. Yeah, for sure. So we can move on to the next story here. We were just talking about Onward, actually. That tied up pretty well because we have a bit of an update on Pixar. Uh, we, okay. They had one of the, it says here, Pixar chiefs uh, in the writing room, one of the higher members of the Pixar team, coming out to discuss why they had so many sequels recently. Oh, Finally, getting some real answers. Yeah, we're finally getting the answers we want. Uh, well, I also wanted to know if Gal Gadot cried during Wonder Woman, so this whole podcast has been answering everything. Yeah, I've been really curious about a lot of these things, and this is a very enlightening podcast for sure. Yeah, uh, that's what we do, Tristan. We enlighten people. Absolutely. Yeah, but in regards to the Pixar sequels, they were saying that the reason why Pixar has had a bunch of sequels, especially in the late 2010s was because Disney is very into making the safe bet and it's a lot easier to make a sequel than it is to take a risk on a creative story and a unique story which you know that's something that we probably already knew Tristan but they were also explaining that uh, it's a lot easier it's a lot less of a risk to make the sequels because those always guarantee revenue 
And it's weird that this interview of him discussing the risks and how it's easier to make sequels, it's interesting that he made this com- these comments out on an interview a week after Soul. That's what I think is interesting about this, how this year was the first year in forever we had two original Pixar films. Yeah. Obviously, due to COVID, neither of them did well because Onward made the least amount of money for any Pixar film ever. And Soul just went straight to Disney+. Plus. So it's interesting that he's making this comment now. And he did say, we have a lot of new content for you guys in the next few years because the next two Pixar movies are also originals. But then he's yeah. made the statement that, but sequels is probably going to be the easiest source of revenue for Pixar, which to me makes it seem like they're after Luca and Big Red, they're looking at Toy Story 5 and they're looking at Finding Marlin or something. I think Incredibles 3 is almost a guarantee, right? Yeah, that's almost a guarantee. Incredibles 2 made a lot of money. Yeah. It's Um, easy to throw in a new superhero. What about a sequel to Monsters, Inc.? We got a prequel. Do you think we'll be seeing a sequel to Monsters, Inc.? So what would the name for that one be? This Monsters, Inc., Monsters University, Monsters Retirement? I was going to maybe Monsters Museum or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's Night the Museum. Uh, we'll have Ben Stiller. Like institutions, like their places, right? Like a Monster University, Monster Incorporated. Right? They're, they're, they're organizations. So like Monsters Retirement, unless it's a retirement home called Monsters Retirement, that could maybe be. Yeah, yeah I was thinking the retirement home. Or time, that could be. I was thinking maybe like a monsters museum, you know? Yeah, or maybe, maybe going over Mon- the history of yeah. all the best scares. Yeah, or maybe Mick Monsters and it's uh, Michael Sully working at McDonald's. That that would be good. That could be good. Or Monsters High School. It could be about their kids going to high school. Oh yeah, yeah. We keep going back in time. Yeah. In no, no, not back in time. Oh, oh. I, I was thinking it would be their kids, but you're saying go even further back. That could be good. Yeah, well, I just keep going backwards in time. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait till so we get to uh, Monsters Inc. Five, which is Monsters Preschool. Yeah. Monsters Pregnancy. Yeah, <laughs> moms. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't mind just watching a movie about Mike Wazowski's mom. I would love that, Mrs. Wazowski. Mrs. Wazowski, yeah. Uh, that that would be good. That would be good. Now, are there any Pixar movies you think for sure won't be getting sequels? Now that we know there's gonna be. Possibly a second wave of Pixar sequels in the making. Yeah, do we want to like... Actually, there's there's no way to make a bet on this because they could just never be made so they'll never be a winner. But I would put money on Onward never getting a sequel. Man, you know what? Onward is one of those movies that most definitely doesn't need a sequel. Um, Yeah. Well, well, I will go as far as to say that pretty much all of Pixar doesn't need a sequel. I agree. Except maybe arguably Toy Story. And that might only be confirmation bias that the sequels are so good. Except for that fourth one that sucks. But yeah, the first three were all obviously great. I, I don't think Up will ever get a sequel. Up just doesn't make sense to have a sequel in my mind. Yeah, Up also doesn't make any sense. I just think The Lone Dinosaur did so poorly, they won't do that one again. Oh, Lone Dinosaur won't happen. Uh, I think Bugs Life at this point is just too far gone. Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah, that'd be my next one. Bugs Life is just too far gone. But the uh, we can make a call here on what we think is guaranteed a sequel. Obviously... Incredibles 3 seems like a guarantee. Like, there's a lot of ones that already have five movies, like Toy Story. I think there'll be a Toy Story 5. 
You think there will be a Toy Story? Well, they have it's, Buzz Lightyear coming out, right? Which obviously isn't Toy Story Five. But you think we're gonna get a Toy Story Five after Buzz Lightyear? Or yeah, they 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 don't care about what people want anymore. They just want money, and Toy Story Five will guarantee money. Yeah, they'll, they'll sell for like sure. even it's Toy like Story Four. Nobody wanted it, and it nobody still made a crap it. ton of money. What about a Cars Four? Because nobody wanted a Cars Two. For sure, nobody wanted a Cars 3. No one wanted one car show, let alone the, what, two or three car shows they're on to now. But they really seem to be real excited about this Cars franchise. I feel pretty good that they're not doing a Cars 4. Yeah. I feel very confident. I think they, just from the vibe I got from Cars 3, it sounded like they were like, okay, Cars 3 is the sequel we should have made. Like, we really fucked up with Cars 2. This is a sequel that should have been made, and it's wrapped up great. They can kind of close the chapter and feel kind of good about themselves for making three movies. Like, they're done. What about this new Cars show, though? Uh, I don't know. It's just easy stuff for Disney Plus to make the viewers think they're making... To to, to make the viewers of Disney Plus feel like it's a good show. Uh, It's a good site. Um... Do you think we'll see any crossovers? Do you think we'll ever see one the car- character from this Pixar show and character from that Pixar show come together? Mm, I don't think there'd be any direct crossovers. I think they'll continue the Easter eggs like t- Pixar yeah. normally does. Uh, I I think one sequel that we haven't mentioned yet that I feel pretty good about would be Inside Out. Oh yeah, Inside Out too. Probably yeah. about Riley going through pregnancy or something. Like, not pregnancy, Whoa. puberty. It was her through pregnancy would also be kind of fun. But uh, puberty is what yeah, I was Yeah, I was thinking puberty. Yeah, pregnancy doesn't seem like it's the kid demographic they want, but puberty seems like the route they would go for that one. Which honestly could be a really... I think I think the potential of Inside Out was really high. The concept was really, really well done. I thought all the characters were fantastic. I thought the plot was a little boring, um, so I don't love the movie in general. But I think a sequel could be really awesome. The same characters and the same concept. But some, hopefully something a little more exciting or something like that, you know? Yeah, and it's held in a very high regard inside out. It was probably the one from the 2010s that is the most well-regarded for Pixar. So I feel pretty good in saying that they would probably make a sequel for that. Yeah, yeah, that seems... Yeah. That seems and uh, I'm calling it now. Toy Story 5 is for sure happening, and I would even say Lightyear 2 is happening. I think anything to do with Toy Story, they just want to churn that out like it's no tomorrow. That's... Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, I can. See, I can see. Like, it'll be called like, I don't know. Uh, I don't yeah, know. I, I don't. Think, I don't think they want to run this franchise into the ground for sure. I think. They I do. don't think it'll be another like five years until we get Toy Story Five, if happening. Yeah, I think they want to space it out, but I definitely think they they already plan on making a fifth. They just are going to wait a bit. Maybe. And I think they could make the Lightyear movies into a trilogy, and they kind of wanted to make it feel like it's like the Star Wars trilogy with the space sky. Or do you think we can see a Woody's Roundup movie? Because we know that Woody was also based on a. Hey, you know what? This is the, this is Pixar we're talking about here. They're made by Disney. There is definitely going to be a Woody's Roundup. So, are there any other Rogues Gallery characters from Toy Story that you want to see their own spinoff movie of? Any? I don't want to see any. Uh, I am done with Toy Story. I don't know. Buzz Lightyear sounds kind of fun. I'm I'm down for Lightyear. I'll watch. I hey, I will watch every Pixar movie. But I'm not gonna like. I don't. I don't, I am very unexcited for Lightyear. It's the least excited of the three for me. I don't know. I don't know how excited I am for Luca. Big Red sounds amazing. Um, oh, Luca's the one I'm the most excited for. I think Luca, then Big Red, then Lightyear. So I think I'm. I think we're like flipped. 
I think we're almost exact. Well, no, because I'm big red over light for sure. Okay. Not exactly. Enough, so we're close. almost almost flipped here. Yeah, I am not excited for light year. I'm not even really that hyped for big red. The one I'm kind of excited for is Luca, just because I think that'd be a f- similar film to Coco, which I didn't love, but I think it'd be a fun film. Yeah, Luke, I don't bear a little bit Luca. I don't bear a little bit all of them, but uh, Big Red looks probably the cutest to me. Big Red seems to be a fun coming-of-age movie. Yeah, I think I'll like it. You're right. I think it'll be good. Expect a lot more Pixar sequels. I think they feel like they did a lot of new content these next few years. They're very proud of themselves, and now they're going to make sequels off of them. Might have sold two. I mean, they did do four originals in a row. That's quite a bit. Like, I... I feel like they, the issue of Pixar is they go through periods where there's lots of sequels in a row and lots of original stuff in a row and lots of sequels in a row rather than just going maybe like original, sequel, original. Like space them out a little more. Filter them in, you know, entwine them a little better. So it's not a block of sequels, a block of originals, block of sequels, block of originals. So you get like four or five years of just sequels. Or four yeah, or five and years the vibe I got from when he was saying it, it was that is the path they want to take. He even admitted, yeah, we did a lot of sequels in a row, which was draining for people. We'll yeah. probably do... One new one, two sequels. He didn't say it exactly like that, but it did feel like. And I'd be a little more down want. for that. I, I don't mind sequels, uh, particularly if they're good. I think a lot of the Pixar sequels haven't been newer ones. At least haven't been phenomenal. But I just want to mix in better with some some original content. I disagree. I, I hate the sequels, but once again, I understand from a business aspect. It's just guaranteed money, so why not? But uh, yeah. I think the only sequels I like is I love Toy Story 3, and then I like Toy Story 2, and I think that's Toy Story 2 is very good. And I, I, I like Cars. I don't mind Cars 3. I think that might be like one of the next best sequels. Hey, I like Cars 3. I think Cars 3 is just as good as Cars. Yeah. Oh, I, I would say Cars 3 is... I think, I think Cars is better, but they're pretty close. They're, they're, yeah, I have them side by side on my ranking. Uh, very close. Yeah. Like... You're right. I don't love Cars 3, but that's just because I didn't like Cars as a whole. But you're right. No. I, compared to the original, just as good. Yeah, exactly. We're, you're right. Finding Dory, didn't care for. Monsters University, didn't care for. Incredibles 2, didn't care for. Toy Story 3, did not like. Toy Story 4. Um, Toy Story 4. Toy Story 3 is phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, hold on. Wait, are we going to have a debate here? No, of course not. Toy Story 3 is so good. No. Um, My fiance hates Toy Story 3 because she hates lots of <laughs> You're supposed to hate Lotso. He he's a truly yeah yeah. He, he was villain. too evil for her. Yeah, she hated Lotso. <laughs> I th- I Toy Story three is so good. I think she, I think uh, I think the moment for her is when he's up on top of the garbage chute and he could save them after they just saved him and it was like his redemption arc. And when he just yeah. shat on that redemption arc, that was it for Andrew. She's like that that guy's just the bane of my existence. I hate that guy. <laughs> he's just too evil. Yeah, and then on the letterbox page for Toy Story three, he's on the cover art, and she she just hates it. You're just looking at. That site, she she just hates that movie. Yeah, he is a pretty evil villain. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. Much. She's too mean. Uh, yeah, he, he's too mean for her. Yeah, just not a big lot so fan. If we ever end up doing a Toy Story character ranking, uh, Lotso, I feel like would be at the bottom of her list. Yeah, even though he'd be top fair. five for me, I love Lotso. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, he's the best. All right, uh, speaking of someone that is so evil that some people might like him and me and Tristan don't, is Caillou. Oh, frick. Have you heard of the story, Trist? No, but I know of Caillou. Yeah. Uh, Big story here. Caillou, after years and years of being a relatively successful children's show, is officially canceled. Oh, I thought, I really thought you were about to say he's getting a movie. 
I uh, thought he was getting a movie for sure. Um, <laughs> no, he's getting the opposite. He's getting nothing. It's been, wait, wait, wait. It was still on TV, like new episodes? Yeah, I guess. Or are they just canceling like airing reruns? I don't know. I, I assumed it was over. But yeah, maybe they're just canceling reruns. There's no way they're still making new episodes. Like that was on when me and you were like like kids, kids. That was like 20 years ago it was on. Man, there's no way they're still making new episodes. Maybe they are. That This is only good news, I think, here. Yeah, literally the title is Caillou's Canceled by PBS and Parents Are Rejoicing. Nobody liked yeah, this show. It, it was not a good show. And it's not like Teletubbies bad where like if you're an adult looking goes, man, that's just kind of stupid. Um, it, it, Caillou was just so, it was so annoying. The kid's voice was ear-piercingly whiny. And he was like four and still bald and throwing tantrums in the cookie aisle or whatever. He was so annoying. Yeah, honestly, this entire article uh, is not very good. It just says it's canceled. It doesn't give any information on if it's just reruns or the show. It's just canceled. That's what it's saying. I, I'm, my guess is probably they're going to stop airing reruns. I think they're just taking off the TV screens at this point. You would think, but it's just weird that they keep saying the word canceled. I don't know. But yeah, yeah there's no either. way. There's no, maybe, maybe. Maybe the show stopped when we were young, and, and they then restarted they it. rebooted it for like a few years. That that could be it. They do that a lot with these kind of kids shows, which yeah. I don't know why, because the kids who are watching it don't realize that this is like an old show that they rebrought back. You know, I mean, they're not like, yes, finally Caillou's back, baby. <laughs> they don't know. So I guess maybe just like they can just reuse the same animations, like right. Know, maybe, like, well, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I get your point of view. Where yeah, it doesn't make sense because the kids won't know them. But at the same time. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to me because, yeah, they it's they already have the characters in the animation, a relative story for it. It was successful with kids in the past, so this could be a successful kid show now, right? Like, they kind of already know, well, this worked once. It probably works again. They're still kids, That's right? That's yeah. And also, the third point would be the parents were like, hey, I watched this when I was a kid. I liked that show. Franklin rerun? Yeah, let, let's go. Let's throw this on for my kid. That's true. I don't know if, like, parents... I, like at least when we were kids, I don't know about now with the streaming and stuff. We had like what, like one kid's channel. So if I'm putting TV on for my kid, I'm putting it on whatever's on that channel, right? Because I know that a that's a kid's channel. That's what they're gonna watch. But like you know, it doesn't really matter what the show is at the time. If they had like thirty minutes before bed or whatever, so put on a show TV for them. Like what's on is on, right? Right, but I'm saying now, like Netflix now with the reruns, yeah. With like Netflix and all that kind of stuff, I guess maybe now they always have more choice. I think yeah. pick. Parents at this point probably aren't even putting PBS kids on. They're probably just putting on freaking, you know, Disney Plus and calling it a day and handing the remote to the four-year-old. Let them figure it out. Yeah, exactly. I think that might be their reasoning behind this. Yeah, you got to think, like, kids' channels in particular must be really taking a hit with all this new streaming content. Because now, like, our little sister, she never goes on TV. She goes on Disney Plus exclusively if she wants to find something to watch. Yeah. Even kids' content on Netflix. And there's lots of kids' content on Netflix. She never looks at. She exclusively goes on Disney Plus and just finds like an old Disney Channel show that she's been watched. Just the other day, she finished Sweet Life on Deck. You know what I mean? And she just picks a new show to binge watch on there. Um, so I don't know how these channels are really doing right now. How you know, Nicktoons and all that kind of stuff are really doing um, on cable and satellite and whatnot. Yeah. Well, out with the old and in with the new. They always say uh, Caillou is officially canceled. However. Denmark just announced a new TV show, which is quite interesting. It is a TV show 
of an animated man that has a giant penis. Finally. Uh, yeah, Denmark is an- yeah, yeah, Denmark is answering the real questions here. <laughs> What's the real questions? If people want to... So I'm guessing this is for adults then, right? This isn't for kids? No, no, no. No, this is for kids. Is it really? Yeah, it's, it's for kids, and that's why parents have issues that this is targeted towards kids, but it's about this man who has a giant penis and how he has to live through life with something that he doesn't really love about himself. It's kind of a big penis. It's in his way. And it's to relate to kids who feel like there's something wrong with them in school. So it's to really make them feel like they're, even though they're abnormal, they're still normal. Couldn't they just give this guy like big feet or something like yeah, that? Yeah. 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 You'd think they would go for something else, but this is just funnier. It, this does sound pretty great. I would yeah. love to get the actor figures of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be great. Uh, I have a photo of the dude. Uh, maybe I can show you after the podcast. But yeah, he's uh, he's quite a looker. Uh, it is an abnormally large penis. Uh, it's kind of like a giant tentacle. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so it's just this guy doing wacky like, stuff. Is it supposed to be his penis, or is it just like around where his penis is, you know? You're right. Like, maybe it's just a large tentacle between his legs. Um, the headline <laughs> calls it a giant penis, but, you know, they are probably going to market it a little nicer, I hope. And how old is this? Is this like a kid or is this an adult? Uh, it's it's like an adult, but like it's not. He also doesn't really look human. He's also very fat, so it's to make you kind of feel like he's you know he's he's a sad man. <laughs> but he's well endowed, eh? Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, I think kids are gonna love the show. I think the Danish kids are are getting a real a real heavy hitter here. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I wish I lived in Denmark. What what a treat. This better be coming to the U.S. Netflix or something. We gotta watch this one too. Yeah, uh, you know, we we took the British office and turned it Americanized. So, do we think we're gonna take this show and Americanize it for us? I think the show's already Americanized. I think it's just right for. I just gotta put it in English and we're good to go. Yeah, there you go. That's but, um, yeah. This is good enough for us. Yeah. No, I, I this will never pass here for a kids show. Parents will be up this company's ass so fast. Yeah, it does seem like a weird idea. I feel like this is more like a joke show. Maybe they just threw it on just to get publicity for like the kids' channel, I guess. I don't know what they're doing. I, I Something tells me this is going to be like a five-episode run, and then it's over. Um, yeah. Um, but it's such a perfect character, Quentin. They can't waste it for only five episodes. Come on. That's true. Well, they'll bring it back 20 years later like Caillou, and there you go. Good to go. Ah, there you go. Now we're talking. Yeah. I'd love to see Caillou versus uh, the Big Dick Man. The Big Dick Man will kick <laughs> Caillou's ass so fast. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll wait till this show is canceled, Tristan, and then we'll do a canceled TV show, Brant Steele, where Caillou returns against the Big Dick Man. The Big Dick Man. Yeah. Uh, I wish I knew his name, but I guess we'll just stick with Big Dick Man. I mean, watch his name be Dick. Like Richard, <laughs> yeah, his name's totally gonna be Richard. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good call. Yeah. All right, and here I have two interesting stories here that kind of come together from one individual here. Uh, and so I'm gonna call this little segment for today called the Hassel Face-Off because we have two Hasselhoff stories. Oh, I know about the one of the SpongeBob movie. Yes, yes, uh, you know one of them. Yeah, Hasselhoff. 
for some reason, at the exact same time, Hasselhoff is selling the Knight Rider car himself. I, don't, I didn't realize the main character in the film gets the props, but he has the Knight Rider car, and he's selling it right now. And at the same week, someone is selling a giant body-surfing David Hasselhoff board. Right, and that was from the SpongeBob movie, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 and it's his character based off the SpongeBob movie. Was the prop itself not used in the SpongeBob movie? I thought it was like a prop that they used in the movie. No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure one person, from my understanding, because the Hasselhoff movie is just David Hasselhoff on a CGI pretending to ride the waves with CGI characters on top, right? I don't know. You're telling me that's not David Hasselhoff just there on a CGI floor? No, I almost. I don't know. I thought that they used this in in the shots for certain things. I thought I thought this was like a prop in the movie that they used at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I stand corrected. Yeah, it was used for the for the film as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there you go. You can go for the uh, 2004 SpongeBob SquarePants Hasselhoff board, or you can yeah. go for the Hasselhoff Knight Rider car. Does the Knight Rider car actually talk to you? Uh, it says some of the lights don't work as well anymore. Uh, I'm pretty sure it doesn't actually talk to you, but... Well, I know which one I'd prefer that. Well, and uh, I believe everyone else prefers the same thing because the Knight Rider car is currently at about $150,000 currently, and the Hasselhoff board is at about the same price, but because the board was just released for the auction, they predict that one's going to get close to a million dollars. A million dollars. For the Hasselhoff board. That's crazy. That's wild. And they I predict mean, the Knight Rider will get a, a bit over 300000 So quite a difference. Like a third. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think it's because SpongeBob is still more in the mainstream psyche of like pop culture and stuff than Knight Rider is at this point. Right. And also, I think the people bidding, like it's the millennials... Do the millennials care about Knight Rider? No. They care about the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, which was iconic. Yeah. It, it was a great movie. Yeah. I want to know if on the, the, the cardboard board thing that they got there from the SpongeBob movie, are his boobs with the square shaped thing that you can put, you know, that shoot SpongeBob and Patrick down to the bottom of the ocean? I that hope was, so. That was, that, yeah, that was the best part. I hope so. That would, that would be great. There you go. You got two Hasselhoff products here. If you got like a million to spare, you can go for one of them. Yeah. Or even if you have half a million, you could buy the car if you want. I don't know who would. Yeah, who'd want a stupid car? Exactly. All right. So we have the last story here, which is the Everyman Award. We're bringing it back. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I, I think it'd be pretty easy to get. I just try and go for two stories that really aren't good enough on its own. And now it is because now they can compete. So we're good. I normally wouldn't bring these two stories in, but now we got the Everyman Award. We got to see who's the winner of this week, Tristan. You're the sole decider. All right, let's see. All right, so we have the Dog Saver and the Coffee Stealer. We can go with the first one here. And we have a woman who was working at a pet shop and... Two individuals come in with $10,000 to pay for this puppy, and she went in the back to get the paperwork, and they just took the puppy and left. So they took Mm. the puppy, they jumped in the car, and they drove off, but the pet owner 
ran out of the shop and jumped on top of the car and clung onto the car, was just going for the ride and make sure this dog didn't, wasn't stolen away. And so they eventually got the dog back. Wow, that's crazy. That's pretty wild. Yeah. And she was saying she wasn't even thinking about the money. The dog didn't get its medication for the day, so the dog would have died if she, if, because the, obviously the two owners didn't, the two people that stole the dog did not give a fuck about what was actually going on. They didn't realize that the dog needed its medication. So she, that's, that was her main concern. Well, of course. Yeah. So pretty crazy. There is footage of people in other cars recording this woman, like just clinging onto this car for dear life on the hood of the car. So. There you go. That, that's the first story. We've got the dog saver here. All right. Yeah. And now let's go on to the coffee stealer. Yeah. The coffee stealer is quite an interesting one because this person, uh, and, you know, instead of going to the store and asking to pay for the coffee and wait until they leave to get the paperwork and stealing it like the dog people, this guy has a new method where he just breaks into the door, breaks into the building during the night and just steals a cup of coffee. He just steals the ingredients he needs to make his own cup of hot chocolate at home or coffee. And then that's it. He just takes some ingredients and makes his own coffee at home. And he does like, that. Just, like, how much, like just enough for one coffee from the sound. Uh, he, he steals like a he steals like a little kit to make himself a cup or two. I don't know how much it comes with, but he's so he did all this work just to steal like, $10 worth of coffee? Is, is this what I'm getting? Yeah, 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 about $10 worth of coffee. That sounds pretty correct. Uh, so he does it three different times over the course of two weeks because, you know, he didn't get enough to steal for like a whole week's worth. He would just steal yeah. it once and go, oh, wow. Why, why steal a whole bunch when you're there? Why don't You can just come back and rob the place again later. Yeah, he was like, yeah, exactly. He's like, this is, he stole it once because he heard it was good. He took a step. He's like, damn, this is damn good. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go again. He goes a second time and he steals some. He's like, ah, I only need one more cup. I'm on a diet. I don't want to get more. I'll, I'll just have one. I'll, I'm on a diet here. And then he realized he just couldn't do it again. He just had to go a third time. The funny part of the story, though, is, yeah, he only ta- they said he only takes about 5 to $10 worth of stuff. And it costs like a couple grand for every time he breaks through the door in the glass just to get it. So he's still costing the company like thousands yeah, and thousands of dollars for five bucks of coffee. Yeah. Yeah, so great, great, great method by this guy. He's probably like, oh, I'm not hurting the business. I'm just taking one cup. Yeah, after you smash a hole through the window. <laughs> yeah, breaks through the door every freaking time. They have to get a new door. For the Kool-Aid man. Yeah, yeah, he just smashes it every time. He's like, oh, yeah, getting myself a cup of joe. I think the winner this week's pretty obvious, Quentin. I think it's the, the, the car leaper herself, the dog saver, is... The winner of the Everyman Award here this week. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a much crazier story. Uh, and she seems a lot more intelligent than one guy just stealing one cup of coffee. She truly is Everyman's hero, I believe. I think most people love dogs and are willing, you know, to go out of their way to save their dog. And it wasn't even her dog. This was just a dog at the, the store that she works at. Um, a, a true hero amongst men. We got the new Everyman ready to go. I can't wait till at the end of the year, just we do a brand steal of all the. Yeah, I think the uh, the dog the dog saver is gonna really give it a run for the money there. Yeah, she was doing this for a ten thousand dollar dog. Imagine what she's gonna do for a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
Well, there you go. We got a new Everyman Award here. We just discussed the Hassle, the, uh, hassle Face-Off and Caillou getting canceled. It's been quite a week, Trust. It's been a big week, yeah. Almost as big as that man's penis. <laughs> yeah, this podcast was almost as big as that dude's penis. That's a good point. Yeah, Gal Gadot may have cried to Wonder Woman 84, but uh, I, I can't even imagine how much she's been crying to how inspiring some of these people were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she the must have just... Hero. Yeah, she must have just absolutely bawled her eyes out when she saw that Hasselhoff board. I know I did. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to wrap it up here. And in just a week or two, we're going to be releasing the 20, or well, in, in two weeks, we'll be releasing the 2020 ranking podcast where we will be discussing two of those Pixar movies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. Uh, hopefully nobody cries while we discuss that one. I think Welling might. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, if only the Caillou movie came out this year. If only. Alright, well that's everything on this week. Uh, have a fantastic week, guys. Bye.